0: DUDE!
1: (laughs) WHO DO YOU KNOW HERE?
2: Okay, so we are live from the HWS radio station. This is the first podcast of Who Do You Know Here? I'm Elizabeth Rowetter. I'm a senior here at HWS.
3: I'm Paige Jones. I'm also a senior. And I'm Finn Naylor. Talk about the class that brought this podcast to fruition. Oh, yeah. Architecture 412, the social construction of space, the three of us, despite different majors, all ended up in this class, which talks about space in a figurative sense and also physical and how we occupy it.
4: And how it controls our own life, how we can control our own space and how our space can control consciously and subconsciously
2: yeah so i think we all come from different different perspectives we come Mm -hmm. from different perspectives on campus and so we wanted to look at three different groups that we believed um had the most social power or um in a more high school term right the more popular groups Mm. so we looked at greek life so this episode that you're listening to now is about fraternities and kind of the interviews we did, um, talking to them about their spaces, um, what, what those spaces meant to them, and kind of just gain a better understanding and bring to the audience what it kind of is like and how the frats kind of um, think they are perceived, how they perceive themselves. So just trying to create powerful dialogues there.
4: To give you a better idea of our project, here's Paige reading the abstract.
3: Who Do You Know Here is a student-led project looking to address and analyze the role and various effects of social power seen on Hobart and William Smith's campus. We're doing this by hosting a podcast which will document the dialogue held between group members and groups we've identified as having power on our campus due to their presence and influence. Groups such as Greek members, student athletes, and subsets of William Smith students. By holding these conversations, we hope to explore the relationship between social power and space on a college campus and the respective influence that space can have on us but also the influence we can have on uh, shaping space for this reason we look to hold these dialogues on spaces that are powerful to these specific groups such as fraternity porches or rooms or an athletic field places that are powerful to some but not for all ultimately these dialogues are grounded in bridging as we hope to highlight the role space plays in forming connections between various groups while also acknowledging and interrogating the various differences in hopes to create a thoughtful and dynamic picture of the relationship between social power and space on HW.
4: Should we talk about how this like this specific project came about?
3: Yeah, well, let's let's talk about how... Finn, how do you
2: feel about the project? How do you think... What were some of your going into it? Yeah. Because I think we discussed, and we all had different point of views yeah. on... Someone this was is re- literally only to get me to talk about how it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but
4: but no, yeah, no, but no. I think it's important. Yeah, I think it I've it been super surprised, too. Like, I went into this um feeling a little like I feel like at first I was really excited and then it started being like oh what are we doing like what's the purpose of this project wait a second we kind of got off track some of us got a little nervous (laughs) um and ever since we started the recordings I've been like oh okay like this is so I don't know to me really important and the conversations we've been having some of them been with people that we know, but some of them with people that I've literally never met and never had a conversation with. And I'm very um, unfamiliar with Greek life on campus and like how it even works, like how you even join it is something that I've like never yeah. even put much thought into. And I,
2: I feel like half of our school's population doesn't have any idea either. Like, totally. you know, not alone in that.
4: Totally. Um, and I, don't, I mean, I don't know about you, Elizabeth. Did you ever think about joining the sorority? ever thought no yeah none of like all three of us none of us have (laughs) ever really thought about being a part of greek life and i that's probably because we have our own kind of groups that we've cemented ourselves in on campus whether it's like athletics or the good old narp group but like i don't know it's been really 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 interesting and i think i've learned so much about it
2: i think i've learned through having multiple conversations where maybe for me i'm a bit more timid like talking to new groups i realize that people are more interested and like want to talk than you than you think people want to have these dialogues um and i think on our campus that's not really projected out Mm -hmm. a lot people don't really think that you know oh this person that's on um let's say we had a bowling team right this person on the bowling team like doesn't want to talk to me because i'm in this group or Mm -hmm. they're sitting with their team so they're just you know don't go and walk up to that team dinner and have a conversation. When it's really not like that and I think I hope from this podcast that people start to see that people maybe are approachable than I at least gave them credit for. Yeah. I you know, I'm always felt kind of nervous and awkward walking into a fraternity, walking into someone's sports home because I'm like, that's their house, they have this group of friends, but I think from having these initial conversations for some from with some of the fraternities, it's doesn't have to be like that how do you feel about it?
3: I was incredibly apprehensive about this project. I think on first thought, I was like, yeah, it'll be great. It's going to be interesting. But I think I hesitated to find the bigger picture of it because I was too concerned about how these groups would perceive our project. But as the interviews have progressed, even though we've only done, I mean, the first episode with fraternities and the sorority so far, there is a bigger conversation that people want to talk about and it's one that I think I was a part of the thing of neglecting to talk about it
4: and where do you think this like nervousness of feeling I don't know like ostracized or like people being angry with you like do you think that comes out of this power that people hold on campus like I totally understand that feeling of being like what if we release this podcast like am I never going to get invited to anything ever again or are people going to call me names or it's one of those, am I going to look down upon for like having this conversation? Like where does that come from? Where does that feeling like, like why is that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it comes, it comes back to that. You have to have something right to feel like you're losing it. Yeah. Um, And I feel like sometimes it's easier with people that don't have as much social power or clout if we want to get hip. Like, it's, it's, it's easier for them to kind of put themselves out there and have these bolder conversations in a sense, in, in some ways, I think, because they don't really have anything to lose. like right. If you're not invited to these things anyway, if you're not on the list, you make a podcast, maybe people listen to it, maybe, maybe they don't, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it just depends from the social kind of background you're from, you know? Yeah. So I think it, like all three of us have a different yeah. view of what the challenges were of making this podcast.
4: Do you hear that page you have clout? I hate that word. I'm not <laughs> supporting it. Um, can we talk about the name?
3: Yes. Can
5: yes. you yes.
4: explain what Who Do You Know Here means.
3: So Who Do You Know Here is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek, joking around and playing with the idea of walking up to a fraternity door or Any a party. house party that by a sports team or, you know, a William Smith student party. And someone being like, we have a list of our friends who's coming. Um, who do you know here? Can you get in? you're not on this list? we don't know you. Mm. And it's not something I think truly is encountered often, but it is kind of taken on this like universal um yeah,
2: you you experience, experience it at least once or twice right at your time, um, at least on HWS and I'm sure on other campuses this is you know yeah. semi-universal.
4: It's kind of like a play on words, a kind of a, a play on this like, what Paige was saying, like this ironic kind of,
2: yeah. yeah. I don't know. And I think, I think when we started, who do you know here, I think some of our (coughs) answers were, well, no No one. one, (laughs) No one, You know, to some extent, like there's people that know a lot of people on this campus and there are some people that just fly under the radar.
4: Yeah, totally. And that this project is meant to be like bridging, a bridging activity. Do we need to explain what bridging and bonding mean? We probably should. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong bonding is when you are in a group of like-minded individuals so elizabeth is on the rowing team everyone on the rowing team likes to row and does this activity together that's a bonding experience bridging is more than one or or two or more groups connecting so like if elizabeth is roommates with a tennis player which i am shout out barclay oh awesome um that's a that's bridging the tennis team so is it Leland yeah Leland Leland has a her friend her friends are in on the tennis team and your Mm -hmm. friends are on the rowing team and that's bridging those two groups so our activity is meant to bridge
3: social groups social groups uh everyone was really open to doing the interviews and the podcast Mm -hmm. well I should say they're not interviews and (sighs) I think that was a bit of a misconception is that we were going to be having them just sit down and like Going just through question after question, and you know maybe the questions will get progressively harder, or there's gonna be one that we're looking to like kind of get them, or if you will, air quotes the uh, gotcha questions, quote unquote gotcha questions. But I think quickly people realized that just simply wasn't right. It's like a dialogue. Yeah.
4: You know, in most of the settings we were sitting at couches, relaxed. The recorder's on the coffee table. (laughs) more of like a just a casual like hey we're just here to learn Mm -hmm. and talk about what we're curious about and uh there are seven fraternities and sororities on campus six of them have um asked to participate everyone's gonna know which one didn't
3: one of the questions we got on our instagram we I think submitted um, or had people submit questions and one of them was like what's it like constantly being antagonized Mm. and I think that's super interesting and I think I could absolutely obviously not in Greek life but could see how people who are feel nervous or apprehensive about talking because of exactly that a lot of times they are constantly antagonized.
2: Okay, so we're going to dive into the interviews, and we're going to start off with K.A., I think is a good place to start. Let's go to the house of K.A. and see what they had to say.
0: I'm Colin Malloy. I'm a senior. And
2: Where do
4: you live on campus?
0: I live in K.A.
6: I live okay. in the house. Um, I'm Zane P. Lang. I'm a junior, um, and uh, technically I'm the secretary, secretary but it, it doesn't come with, with that many, uh, like, it doesn't come
4: with that big of a Um, we've been opening up with talking about physical space. What does this house mean to you? Describe what goes on here. Do you think this structure plays a part in your social power or your role on campus? Think about location, accessibility, and just, like, general facade of the building. Like, what it looks like. And it is a very large, very beautiful Mm -hmm. building. Like, this
0: being on South Main, last year and the year before that, I lived in Emerson and de Cordova. And so... The location is so different because my locker room is right next to those buildings. Mm -hmm. Like most things on campus, like this is far more secluded than the last two. So I find myself interacting less on campus. And when I go to campus, I feel like it's like a foreign place. Like it's weird. The mindset I have is very different than actually living there. You just get used to it. But here I find it like this is my home and campus is like a foreign place.
6: I definitely think that living on um, our school's frat row, um, I guess you could call it. You used air Air, quotes. I used air quotes right there over frat row. Um, uh, I think that that comes with uh, I mean, like, you know, we live on lakefront property. I think that it's definitely a a huge benefit. You know, Mm -hmm. it definitely beats Geneva hall. It is a gorgeous building, but um, honestly, day to day, I, I think about it mostly just as a residence hall. I mean, I don't you know, I don't swing open the door and say, "Oh my gosh, I'm okay, thank God." You know, like I can I can take a load off. It's not really like that. It's just. Um, and the interior, I I don't know. We didn't really give you much of a tour, but it's uh, it's typically pretty, pretty dirty.
4: Um, does it mean anything to you guys to be living in the house? Like, do you think you hold any different pow- power as a brother who lives in the house than a brother who lives in like, um, whatever, or Medbury?
0: Well, yes. speaking as someone who's, like, yeah. done that, yeah. Uh, but I feel like it's more you just are more in tune with what's going on in the fr- like in the fraternity if you're living here.
4: Then we asked Zane if he thought that there was any social power that came with living inside the house.
6: I think it definitely comes with social power. I mean, just being able to point to this building and say, you know, my, my room's right there. I can point to my room off of South Main, so uh, I think that it's definitely... A little bit of a flux, uh, but but again, I I, I personally day to day, I really just think about this as a a place to sleep. I mean, it doesn't really it doesn't register with me every day that I I live with fraternity guys. Having social power on campus, especially in our demographic, you know, being a fraternity male on campus comes with some social responsibility also. Like I think that in a way, we're obligated to throw parties. And I think we're obligated to let um, people into our house that we might not know. But, it, it, you know, there's a, there's a fine line. Like, like where, where do you draw the line of, of um, I mean, you, you know, it's, you're, the podcast is ironically called Who You Know Here. But, um, it, like, take Friday night as an example. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Okay, take Friday night as an example. Like, we let in so many people that it became miserable.
2: I think something that's interesting that Colin brings up in this interview is how he's perceived on campus and how that affects his relationships, and Zane kind of chimes in, so here's a listen to that.
0: It's just weird, like, I don't know. It's weird having social power when you don't,
2: I don't don't think I deserve
0: some of the, like, you know what I mean? Like, people look to me as something that I'm not sometimes. It's weird. Like, even, like, the guys, like, on campus that want to join fraternities, it's like, they once they learn that you're in one I don't know, the relationship changes. They treat yeah. you like they're very, treat you differently. They're really? very yeah. nice and all this and I don't like, like just because I joined like, a they, yes. who, yeah, freshmen. They, feel they, all feel awkward. Awkward. they, they look yeah. up to you, so like it's good that but you're it's weird. a role yeah, it's, model, it's, but I'm literally a role model because I'm in this organization. That doesn't make sense to me. I would rather be a role model, like after
6: they meet me. Being yeah.
2: Do you feel challenged to build more authentic relationships on campus because of that?
6: Yes. Yes. Because I don't want, like... especially in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I think, I'm, I mean, I think I, I show up to class every day. I have K stamped on my forehead. And, well, I think I just walk around campus and I have K stamped on my forehead. But again, that's bittersweet. I, mean...
2: like, I think every group kind of has that on campus. So whether you're in a fraternity or you're, part of a sports team like depending on what sports team you're part of you have a stamp either you walk around with the clothing on that says that or you don't but regardless people kind of know who you are based off of your social circle. I
4: also feel like it puts you in a box I think what Zane and Colin both were really trying to do is push outside that box that they'd been forced to be put in but they also recognized that while it was wonderful being a part of KA it also put them in a situation where they didn't feel like they could be anything other than being in K.A. So let's return back and see what else they had to say during this interview.
6: I know there's been talk of uh, disbanding all for Greek life um, lately, but I, I don't think that will ever happen because there's such a strong alumni base. I think that gives us a bit of a, a safety net um, for you know, partaking in reckless behavior. You're not being held directly reckless.
0: accountable for your actions. Yeah, exactly. That's you the sweet side with
6: that's the sweet side. And then the bitter side is that I think that people sort of are quicker to to generalize you, to you know, to put you in a stereotype of um you know, a, a, a person who doesn't necessarily care about uh certain groups of people yeah. there's also a very significant portion of people that would
0: not like, that would lose respect, I guess, for me if they found out I was in a fraternity. It's too bad that people will kind of assume I'm something yeah. worse than I
6: guess I feel I am yeah. because I'm in a fraternity. I, I, I didn't... You know, I don't want people to treat me differently because I'm in KA. And that's honestly... That's why I don't advertise that I'm in KA. Yeah, I'm kind of um,
0: happy. Most of my friends don't know I'm in KA. I guess my close ones do. I try to but from home. But like, no, no, like, in, in my classes here... A lot of people just be like Wait,
6: you're in KA. A lot of people don't wear their letters either. Like I've, I don't own a or shirt. bad. That's better. Yeah, I mean, I have mine in my closet, but I only wear it in the house. Like I don't, I don't like people. Because I mean, when you, when you, I mean, it's, it's really easy. You know, when you're, when you're a new guy, it's super easy to just sort of become obsessive with that identity. Yeah.
2: So then, why, why did you join? So something that came up with all of our interviews is how people didn't really plan on joining a fraternity when they got here and they kind of fell into it or they lived next door and they just started hanging out with the guys but there was never this formal decision of I'm coming into this college and I want to be part of frat life
4: or like my dad was in a fraternity my grandfather was in a fraternity Um, there was no kind of pressure from their home lives to do um, or to be a part of these organizations, it was very coincidental, I think, for pretty much everybody, Um, something they kind of fell upon.
2: Because, you know, you talk about the freshmen or underclassmen now, so now you guys are on the opposite end of that. What was your perception of frats before? I didn't really like
0: them freshman year. I didn't really have that many friends freshman year. I had my (laughs) tennis team, and then I had my friend Matt. Uh... (laughs) And we would go, who's now the president of KA. 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 And we didn't really like fraternities because they always (laughs) kept us out. (laughs) Like, we never got into parties. The guys would yell at us to leave their lawn, stuff like that. KA never did it. That's actually why I was kind of okay with looking into it. But it was, like, really weird. I just didn't really care. And then my friend Matt was like, hey, I'm going to join it. And then I came back from abroad and he was like, you should join it. And I just did. I didn't really think anything
6: of it, but I think that's a unique like, case. I Honestly, I, I sort of jumped into it blind. Uh, I I didn't necessarily know a lot of the people uh, in K.A. You're told before you go to college, you know, put yourself out there. Everybody's in the same boat as you, so just do what you got to do to meet as many people as you can. I was like, hey, why not, um, and just kind of jumped into it. Which, it, it could have, it definitely could have taken a wrong turn. Uh, I think we got lucky. I think we got lucky, with yeah. With yeah. K.A. Yeah. I don't think that I would want to be in any other fraternity on campus. Not, not, Yeah, that's no heat to anybody. I did that's
0: not want to like, pledge yeah, anywhere. Like, I, had I was outside. between here and
6: PSK. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah like, PSK, I'd be a completely
0: guess, different person. You know, you want to just meet the people that you think, you know, you can like people, but maybe they just don't fit in well with... The guys that are in this, they have different uh, tastes or interests. somebody
6: has beef with them. Yeah, they have, that's stupid. Yeah, I agree. It is important. It's important. important. No, it's so important. Completely
4: relevant. So when we go into this next question, Lisa is the chef that has been hired by K.A. to serve, or cook and serve them meals. Um, Breakfast, lunch, and dinner are provided through her, um, rather than a more traditional meal plan and eating in the cafeteria. (laughs) <laughs> is are there financial benefits to live? You don't have to tell us how much dues are or how much you pay for Lisa, but is there other financial benefits to living in the house? Like, is it cheaper to live in the house and pay, have Lisa cook for you than it is to live on yeah. campus and pay for a meal plan? Depends on what meal plan you're on. Okay, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. K is different, so they talk a little bit about how they're in a literary society more than a fraternity.
6: So yeah, it's it's technically, um, technically we're a literary society, but it's you know it's the first. It's the first Greek letter organization that has ever existed, eighteen twenty-five. right? But I mean, essentially, what I mean—that doesn't mean like you know we re- we read books on a weekend. You know, we we we're not. it's not a, it's kind a, it's a, a book club. <laughs> it's a half joke. Well, it's a half joke. It's a half joke.
0: It has some truth. That's yeah. why I, That's why I'm, I mean. I mean, really I, I think
6: that the process is is heavily invested in, in literature. I mean, like, uh, Immanuel Kant, Thoreau, Emerson, Socrates, Plato, Descartes. Descartes, we we touch on we touch on a lot of old, um, like our, I I'd say our, our pledging process is heavily invested in that. So like, those were just a few of the, the scholars that we've, we've studied before. And honestly, pledging is sort of like a fifth class. So, so we're
0: a literary society, and so I think if you're gonna uphold anything, try to try to learn, even if you're not learning. You know, neat even if you're not doing a great job of getting a 4.0, like when you go to class or you're on campus, you're in the house, you're anywhere, try to learn about everything. Like you write, like, short stories that are funny. Yeah, oh, yeah. You
6: have to write essays while you're pledging. Um, oh, okay. I don't that, I don't, yeah, I guess I don't have a concrete no,
4: that's ad- different, though. definition of, of
6: a... So it's just like you have to write things <laughs> yeah. even
0: when you're in. You don't even have to, but we. <laughs>
2: Okay, so Zane tries to explain to us what the parties are really like, um, how they kind of come about, whether they are called a spontaneous or something that you have to register for. So Sita goes into this later and kind of explains the step-by-step process on how you throw a party on campus. But what's important is that there are some parties that are registered, which are the big Halloween parties that people attend. And then there are those Pre games or kickbacks that is just a small group of friends that does not need to be registered in the colleges
6: so I'd, I'd say that there are two two types of parties there's there's a spontaneous party that's literally what this is literally what campus safety calls it yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah. like, the way, like i'm laughing in a good way no you're that. right
0: zane is right
6: yeah, yeah. <laughs> the <a> record shows <laughs> zane is right zane has done his research okay uh, i'm tips training also i just uh, like the way he said <laughs> It's it's literally called a spontaneous I know. Spontaneous. I, a spontaneous is I would say a more um, I, I don't even want to call it exclusive. I just wanna I just it's uh it's smaller. It's just wait, smaller.
4: that's a spontaneous.
0: Oh a spontaneous, a spontaneous would be like a pre game. Yeah, right. So right, you're we'd, just like we 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 like text specific people.
6: Yeah, our close friends to come over.
0: And also when it's a registered party, I feel like there's a great deal of responsibility to make sure that things don't go wrong at all, like Nobody's too drunk or something, but it's really difficult. It just makes me stressed out because obviously I can't control everything that's happening.
4: So our ARC-12 class is divided up into five different groups, and we're all kind of conducting different projects at the exact same time, and a project that was conducted just a few days before we started these interviews and, and discussions was the No More Project, where Four of the seven fraternity houses were sprayed with chalk paint, a, a stencil that read No Means No, and then had the handle, right? It had No More HWS. And that is a project around sexual assault and sexual violence on campus. There was a very, very strong reaction on social media and by the Fraternities that were involved. Yeah, in the a, l- a
2: letter was written. Yes. Um, and here we're just kind of hear Zane and Colin kind of talk about that experience and their perception of it from a uh, KA.
0: Like, I care a lot about that topic too because I like other people. Like I have many you know, women in my life that I like very much love, and I've seen firsthand, like even with my sister, like how creepy people can be. I find that we have that tagged in our house, like. Shit, I don't want to. It said we were something about. I don't. I forget the quote, but no something like no. we are okay with rape or something. And it's like, yeah. that is so not true. I can't even believe. Like I can't even begin to, disc- to describe.
2: Right. Zane then kind of brings up the letter, and here's what he says. Yeah, I, honestly,
6: I thought that letter was super well written. I thought that was uh, a super mature way to go about it. I don't know. You I feel free to disagree. Yeah, go
0: ahead. I thought I it was a little too good. argumentative in a weird way. I think that meeting an argument, coming back at somebody, I think taking someone that's being aggressive and being aggressive back is not going to help. You know, talking about vandalization Mm -hmm. of private property, like that's kind of secondhand to the real issue and I think it should have just been saying things like, listen, we will do, you know, whatever, or we are looking to combat it this way and try to lay out solutions instead of just arguing. That being a guy in a fraternity with a lot of social power like I'm bound to be ignorant to things and I wish, I think for me if somebody comes to me and says can we do this because I'm not being given this opportunity or this whole group is not given this opportunity, I'd be so happy to, to do something if people aren't happy or they, they need something, I don't know, I wish people would come talk to us and we could try to like make it work instead of just calling us out for it because I'd love to do, like what you're saying, if there's an event to like a women's event or something, I would be more than happy to do it.
4: We then asked Colin what it was like to be both a student athlete and in KA.
0: I don't know why, but it just is. It's just so weird Uh, because the athletes and fraternities both have a lot of social power, but also are different in, I don't know how they're viewed I think it gives me the perspective of someone who maybe it's not necessary for me to join this to, like, make more friends because I have a good base of friends.
2: I think Colin kind of touches on something that happens on our campus that is kind of toxic in the sense of you kind of change your identity based on the group that you're around.
0: It's just interesting to see how people that maybe are in that, that situation view themselves in, like, they view their social status in fraternity, like... I don't know, through fraternities. And that's something I've never understood. Kids will join a place and then start acting differently. Or if somebody else joins, then they'll start treating someone differently.
2: Do you think there are certain fraternities more than others that people join because of that element? Absolutely. And I think that's yeah. what K.A. is good.
0: Is like, we also, at least when I was a freshman or sophomore, <laughs> we weren't viewed as like the cool fraternity it was a little nerdier and especially the years beforehand like talking to my teammates then that were seniors I've talked to them more now so it's kind of nice that we didn't have that I guess social standing of being the coolest house Uh, I I like that because I didn't join and a lot of people didn't join because it was a cool house they joined it because they actually liked it and I think in that happening we've made it a cooler house because I like the people in it. I think they're cool guys.
2: One of my favorite parts is when they describe how people start to change when they're in a fraternity and the sort of outfits they begin to wear and walk around on campus in.
0: And it's weird how people start dressing differently Yeah. once they get in or once they like get a bid. You can see kids in other fraternities that just have that like outfit. like, nicer? like oh yeah that's well, no, not even <laughs> no, Fret cleats. You, I, let's yeah, <laughs> yeah, the let's, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's say yeah, let's do the same color, So, the kid's got like a nice, what is it, like a flat brim hat or whatever. Barber jacket. A little jacket, not a lot of barber
6: in case. Yeah, yeah. Fret cleats. Shout out Sperry's. Sperry's. Yeah, frat cleats.
4: Oh, no, I've <laughs> never
6: that. heard that. Frecks. <laughs> uh, nobody really wears those here. Same. I think this whole school sort of has a pretty specific style. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. this whole place looks like a goddamn LL Bean catalog in the, in the winter.
4: Here's a little insight on what the perfect pledge for K.A. would be. Not a huge that? douche.
6: Kind of, yeah, not a huge douche. That's, that's a big
0: one, too. Really don't like that. Yeah. Um, Someone that's not going to blindly suck up to me. Like, it just go along with everything I say, be a yes man. But I think that's that's one sort thing. of
6: to be expected. Just because but people... I, no, I just want like
0: them that. to show me a spot. But I, I, completely mm-hmm. I completely agree. I completely agree. Like, I understand they're going to be like very it's nice or whatever. Yeah, they're trying to make a good impression, but at the same time, I like when they're not like trying too hard. There's mm-hmm. a pretty clear difference, I think.
2: So something that is interesting about KA is that it's a society, and what that means is that it can be co-ed. And so we asked, you know, why haven't you had female members? And Zane highlighted that they have tried to initiate two girls, actually, in the past that— were friends with some of the brothers, and apparently there was a vote taken, and the girls were still not initiated into the House, and this is why.
6: Everybody, like, they they got, you know, the majority or as many votes as they needed to be in. And then the alumni heard about it, and they shut it down. They said Mm -hmm. that we're going to cut off alumni funding
4: alumni can control so much of what happens even though they're not on campus anymore that while the brothers have come together um and put forward this uh change and something that they were really excited about and then it was voted on and everyone agreed that it was something that they wanted to do and something that would be really cool and inclusive on campus and then people who don't go here um who are just there to kind of back up the like I oh, don't know, tradition of what KA is refused, like just shot it down immediately and, you know, are threatening to take things away from them. That Yeah, monetary power, you mm-hmm. know. Um, totally.
2: I think that's what Zane was kind of expressing in this, you know, fraternity or society, when you have an alumni base that doesn't really want to see change. And I think that's something that can be seen a lot on our campus in
4: different aspects older generations all over campus where you know we're young and we're getting in here and we want to create a more um diverse and intersectional community on campus and there's pushback because you know it's good to have you know william smith is good or the coordinate system is great because it's it's good to have a space for women on campus you know their own space for women on campus but women in our generation and women that are going here now are saying, well, I want the option, you know? I want to I choose to be able to go to Hobart and William Smith and not just be a William Smith student. And while the traditions are wonderful and there's, you know, a lovely feeling of being surrounded by women, it's really important um, to create an environment that feels safe for everyone. We've had some discussion in class and heard from our peers about fraternities having a very unique space that includes a large front porch. There are times that members will sit on that porch and choose to yell things or say things that they wouldn't normally say if they were on the same level ground as the person that they are talking to. And it can be kind of daunting to walk down South Main, especially when you're headed downtown. Um, you're, it's, it's at night. And this is what Colin and Zane had to say about it.
0: The porch, they think like, we're comfortable there because we're in our you know, house. We're on that porch and these people are kind of like just out on the street walking mm-hmm. so we have that element of of power from it, that yeah, even power, a, so I think like we do a pretty good job of just sitting out there and and if someone walks by and they wave like I'll wave back or mm-hmm. if someone wants to come talk to me I've actually had that happen it was weird like this drunk kid just walked onto the porch and was like hey I'm
5: <laughs> yeah, a this lot guy of people just come I'm this guy who's just talked to me for like up. five minutes yeah. and
0: that was that yeah. but I'm very I'd much rather that happen than yell or whatever. I'm just speaking (laughs) K.A. though because I don't know if I feel that way about everywhere.
4: Room from before you guys were active members, do you remember walking down? Yeah, I walked by K.A. and the
0: guy told me I should come check it out sometime. (laughs) I walked by Kappa Sig one night, maybe scratch, I don't know. And the guy told me like to get the fuck out of here. Yeah,
6: I've gotten kicked kicked out of here. Get the
2: fuck out of here, you think you are,
0: bro? I was like, I'm just a freshman. (laughs) This is my recruit. He's not coming here. (laughs)
2: So that was the end of the KA interview, the kind of dialogue we had with both Colin and Zane, and so we thank them for being a part of it. So we're going to kind of shift gears and move to Ki-Fi now.
7: Uh, my name is Andrew Sita. I'm the president of Ki-Fi. I live right
5: here in uh, Ki-Fi. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm Cam Hubbard. I'm a senior, and I live right above him in Osprey. ki And Andrew's
4: the president, and Cam president. I'm the, the vice, vice president. president, yeah, sorry. Okay. Their kind of like common spaces were a little loud or there was like stuff kind of going on. So we went up into and Andrew's room, which is, um, I, he did say it was the largest room, I think. I'm gonna call it the oval office. The oval office and his office, which was really nice. I don't know if he keeps it that clean all the time or he maybe, I don't know. It was very clean, very nice. There was a candle going, a pine scented candle for those. For anybody who, <laughs> who wanted to know. Who wanted to picture it. He had two couches that we sat on with like a TV situation. There was John F. Kennedy portrait on the wall um okay so we want to talk about physical space sure um you live in a very beautiful big house on south maine Appreciate um what does this house mean to you um describe what goes on here do you think the structure plays a part in having social power on face uh, on, on campus mm-hmm. like think location accessibility the facade which is just like mm-hmm. what it looks like from the outside yeah. um how that kind of like plays into your role right. on
5: I know at least I know at least for me when I first got here on campus I was like I was really intimidated by this place obviously yeah. as everybody kind of is when they walk down the street yeah, understandably yeah. so because it's kind of a bunch of big houses with people they don't know but now having been a part of this place for as long as I have like this this house means everything to me because it's become this place to me is a physical representation of who we are as people but, but we say when we say this house we re- we're referring to each other and ourselves Mm -hmm. but so when it's kind of a language thing
7: and that yeah I would say basically the same thing like this house along with the three across the street are like the obvious center of um, South Main Street and Greek life as a whole not to say that we're any more important than the other institutions of Greek life but like Cam said this house is more than a physical structure when I when I think of my house I think of the the, not only the 15 people who live here, but, like, the 40 members that we have.
4: Are brothers who live in the house treated differently than brothers who don't live in the house? Absolutely or do you have certain, no. like, so, know, access not. to things who right. So don't live in the house versus, like, living in hotels yeah. or, the, or
7: the obvious access is just having these rooms. Right. Like, right. I'm I'm the president, so I get first pick of the room. So this is the best room in the house, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, can, you can, can, he can say that. And he, is this always
4: the president's usually?
7: Historically, it's changed, it's moved around um, it's whatever the president wants it to be, so yeah, cam's right above me, which is the second best room in the house yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can say' that, right? it's but, the same shape so, uh, a little bit
5: shorter, but you know better yeah. the ceilings are much
7: lower yeah. but
5: um, no we
7: we make sure that our uh, every member um, is treated the same, and it doesn't matter if you hold a position in the house, uh, I'm just as much a brother as you know, the the sophomore that just joined. So we, we make sure that, you know, um, the house is always accessible to members.
2: So what's brought up in the Kai fi interview is how sometimes they're a bit more exclusive in who they let in, and there's reason behind that in the way that people treat the house that they live in.
5: But sometimes we have issues of people forget that this is this is a living, this is like our house, this is where we live, as well as this is a place that is a, a representation of our of our fraternity and we had a party and a couple people had snuck in the back and i got woken up in the morning and somebody had taken one of the people who had snuck in took a hammer and had smashed all our bathroom had set off a had set off a um fire extinguisher extinguisher and had put smeared shaving cream all over our bathroom so we had to live with that for the next few weeks so the problem the the problem is as much as if if we, we like to primarily restricted to people that we know and we're comfortable with because we can trust them to understand that we live here yeah. and this is Just our, this is like, our, again, our physical representation or so, so which if this place is getting beat up, it's our fraternity that's getting, that's getting beat up.
2: So this is their response to why they joined a fraternity.
7: Being on a sports team makes it infinitely easier to make friends. Right. And so I can imagine not being on a sports team that want to be a part of something where you have a group of friends. Um, and this place actually became that for me after realizing that I didn't want to roll with
5: that crowd anymore. So. And
4: I've heard from other, like, guys yeah. on campus that there is kind of this pressure. Like, you either have to, yeah. kind of, I, it's, you either have to be on a sports team to, like...
5: Yeah. I, would, I would say kind of. I know personally yeah. from my experience, I came on, I came to campus having no intention of joining a fraternity. I had no interest. I kind of <laughs> thought it was, I kind of thought it was like, like, the movies. I guess that's not who I am at all so I was kind of like it's that's not that's not me it was rush week and I some of my some of my buddies were going out to go to the place and they're like come on come on the worst thing that happens is you go out and then you go back to bed right it's like I I guess I might as well have one night and then I came here and I started meeting I met some guys and we stayed up until four in the morning just talking Mm -hmm. about like the most random stuff but it was awesome and lives in yeah, and concert and, and I'd say there definitely is a, a, a pressure to join simply because yeah. there's simply because it's 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 a focus so when people come to campus they want to have the college experience you know what I mean and a lot of the time in popular culture that is fraternities and a lot of things but people don't people don't understand that that's not necessarily what the fraternities here are you know we're not yeah. Alabama we're not down we're not down <laughs> south right so we see it as our responsibility for those people to kind of and this is what we this is kind of how we try to work. I don't want to speak for any of the other houses, but what we we try to do is we try to take those people in and turn them into more people that that see the bigger picture mm-hmm. rather than just feeling pressured to come in because it's a social thing. Right. It's more just turning people like because I, when I joined, I was shy as hell. Didn't really like want to didn't want didn't really like go out and want to do anything I was like not really comfortable around people, mm-hmm. so to speak. And then I came here and it completely changed who I am, and that's the value of this place beyond. So if people feel pressured to be here, then it's our responsibility to show them why this place is a place that you should want to be at, yeah. I think, in my in my view.
4: Then we asked, what is the stereotype of Kai fi How do you guys think you're perceived on campus?
5: The thing is, everybody in this house will tell you something different. You know? Because <laughs> we true. have such a, we, we've got such a wide variety of people here. The, the only thing, the, the, there are people that are in this house that if I was not in this house, I would... Have no association. With. So for the stereotype of Kai fi it depends on who you ask because they're going to yeah. see a different person. You know, it's the, whoever they're ta- whoever they're talking to, whoever, whoever they know from Kai fi That's going to be their image of yeah. everybody else. So it's our responsibility to carry ourselves in a way that we want everybody else that belongs to our house mm-hmm. to be represented as.
7: And what Cam said—that's actually my selling point for this house. When people ask me like why I joined Kai fi it's the fact that there isn't one type of person in this house like you can go down this hallway alone it has three rooms and you have me you have a future investment banker and you have a mad artist <laughs> that paints at late hours of the night so, yeah so it's, it's so diverse and I think that not having that one set stereotype or being known as like the diverse fraternity um in terms of like uh interests and and where you're from and all that uh, is an asset
2: I think diversity was the elephant in the room when talking to all fraternities so we kind of challenged Fi a little bit um, in our interview about it
7: we have to work with what we have with who shows up to rush um, obviously it doesn't matter what race mm-hmm. uh, you know
5: anything race, like that. religion right ethnicity. We, we don't people, we have people from not, we're non American brothers, we're brothers right. who are not of the same race, the same background, the same Sexual economic status. Sexual change. orientation, yes. And our
7: our Kifi, or our national organization, uh, actually became the first organization here on campus to uh, permit um, transgender.
2: So we moved away from diversity and started to get into the conversation of philanthropy and that being an element of the fraternity. This came up in the letter that was addressed to No More HWS from a few of the fraternities in I'll call it the scandal of the chalk paint on their building. Here's what Andrew and Cam had to say about the philanthropy they do at Chi-Fi.
7: We have a budget. Um, Every active member pays dues to the fraternity. Um, That's set on how much money is allotted to uh, each committee within the house, so we have community service, philanthropy, academic, um, social, social. People, yeah. All those are broken down into committees, um, and so that money that's allocated to philanthropy would is largely um, decided by the people on that committee, mm-hmm. uh, which was me. So, uh, one love was just one organization that I really liked and that I had positive interactions with, uh, with Meg. Um, yeah and that was uh, something that we did all last semester and then um, Yards for Yardley was this semester.
5: It's like something we do on a pretty regular basis. Is we take we uh, the kids' organization from Geneva and we host right. a we host a like a like a Christmas party for the mm-hmm. kids in our house from around Geneva. It's, it's not so something. Great. It's not <laughs> like, it's fun. It's it's yeah. those kids are great. We it's, buy it's, yeah, yeah. We, buy we buy gifts presents and we for
7: gifts. them who wouldn't usually have presents on Christmas morning and we wrap them up as a as a brotherhood and and everyone's there to celebrate with them and there's food and everything. It's it's wonderful.
2: To those who think. Just donating money mm-hmm. isn't enough. Right. How do you want to respond to them? Just giving a I kid a present one, isn't
5: enough. One thing, well, for me, when it comes to giving money, one love is much more experienced with work in that area than we are. Yeah. You know, if we give them the money to do it, they're gonna put it to much better use than we are. Cause we, we try to. We, we've invited them out of our house to educate on the stuff, but. We're, we're simply not as educated as they are on that topic. Right. So giving them the money to do it gives an organization much more capable of handling these very serious topics, exactly. more capability to do so. Whereas in our hands, whereas the money in our hands, we will will do our best to raise awareness or to do all this stuff. But like like we were saying earlier, somebody sees like the the Delta Guy, Kai Fi, Kappa Sig, KA sponsors this and they might have the perception of they might get the wrong message and it won't be about the like, the, the message won't be about what we're trying to make the message about. The message will be about us, yeah, right. which is not we what know. we're trying to do. Yeah. And so, giving the, in terms of giving the money to One Love, that is our attempt to to help the empower, help in the, to help them, yeah. empower them to do something that they're much better at than we are. They mm-hmm. have much more experience with them than we do. You know, we'd have a lot of the people in that organization that are much closer to the subject matter than anybody in this house, even though we care deeply about it. Right. Same thing with... And as for the stuff we do, like as a house, like giving those kids gifts, it's what, it's it's a small thing, but it's it's what we it's what we can do, yeah. you know. We can't we can't go and bring these kids in and be their parents. Yes, you absolutely. know what I mean? We can't we, can, we can't take everything that we've earned or our parents has earned and give it to them. So we do what we're capable of doing.
2: I think Cita highlights something that's important about the relationships that are built um, between the organizations, the frats, on campus.
7: We have very good relationships, um, especially this year. I'm friends with uh, all the presidents and vice presidents in, in those houses, and uh, we, we work really well together.
4: We talked to KA about what their ideal member was, and this is what Kai-Fi had to say.
7: Uh, new member, uh, the ideal new member.
5: Or for me, For me, I'd say it's somebody who's open to change. To open yeah. to changing themselves, if, as, if you can come in, if you can come in, and you somebody who's open to changing themselves, and somebody who's capable of putting something greater than themselves before themselves, be in the process of becoming a brother, and in the process, and in the process of being a brother. But it's, but for me, the the ideal pledge is somebody who's willing to look inside themselves and say, hey, what can I change about myself for the betterment of myself and the betterment of the people around me because a lot of the times when you're changing yourself for the betterment what I've learned personally is when you're changing yourself for the betterment of the people around you you're helping yourself out too because like I was I was I was practically failing out of school when I when I was considering joining and when I was going through that and then I came here and I was was given a position of of kind of I don't want to say like authority but I was given I was I was the and risk manager right? and so I figured like Oh man, I got to stop. I got to slow down on the stuff that I'm doing and I actually got to if I want to protect the guys around me and manage the risk, then I've actually got to got to change how I act to help them and what I found is when I started changing the way I acted, my grades went up.
2: There's also this idea of representation and how when you're in a fraternity, you're not just representing yourself, but you're representing when you walk around campus, the fraternity as a whole.
5: Now when you're walking around, you're no longer just representing yourself, you're representing everybody else. <laughs> so like I know one big thing in our house is do not show up late to class if you're wearing a kai fi shirt, right? right? Or do not be, like, because that's how people, if we were talking about stereotypes earlier, this is exactly what it goes back to, right? If people see somebody being late to class, if somebody sees somebody in class unprepared, you know, if somebody sees somebody around campus, on class, just being a bad student, then that's how they see the rest of this.
3: You said something about relevance. Just curious from, it appears that fraternities some have more prevalence some years some semesters some weeks than others and there's really this rise and fall is that something you guys noticed
5: kind of I, I guess, yeah i mean because that's a that's a, that's an interesting question because i would i would say kind of because it's it's we're more than just i would say in the party respect sure but yeah. we're more than just the parties so in terms of who we are as people and the enjoyment yeah. and value we get out of joining fraternity, I would say no. But mm-hmm. if you're talking about sheer like number of people that we have to, that that come to our parties that we have to turn away because it's our fire code, then sure.
4: Do you think being in a fraternity has benefited you socially? I mean, I know you have said you've made friends through the, <laughs> no
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: through like friends through obviously your brothers, yeah. um, but I don't know. Has it helped you? Yeah,
2: it was a quick now. So why is it a quick yeah. now? Yeah. I,
7: I say that because people knowing who you are is different than having a relationship with them so being in a being the head of a house is i don't know it's it's good for namesake but like there's nothing substantive there you know so someone knowing me it, it that, that means nothing to me
2: after doing an interview with kai fi we then went to kappa Sig, and here's what they had to say Okay, so we want to
4: start with you guys saying your name, your full name. Uh, where do you live in Geneva, so on or off campus, um, your grade and then your position, if you have one
1: in the fraternity. Um, I'm Tucker Light. I'm the vice president. Uh, I'm a senior and I live um, off campus, 195 Pulteney Street. Uh, at red door. So I'm
8: Willie Paul. I'm a senior. Uh, I live off campus also in Vegas, but lived here last year. So
4: we want to talk about physical space. What does the space mean to you? Describe what goes on here. Do you think the structure pay, plays a part in your social power, um, based on location, accessibility to others, just the facade, which is just like what it looks like from the outside? Yeah, yeah. no, I think
8: um, definitely just being here, like this is one of the first houses that you see. I mean, you drive-through, one of the first places I saw whenever I was touring here. But it does, I think it does influence it. a lot because you have a, uh, you have an nice, like a big physical space. I mean, it's it's a dorm, it's huge. That um, a lot of other places and clubs don't necessarily have. So it's nice. Oh, there's some downsides with it too but um for the most part it's awesome
1: i think actually the biggest thing for me i first toured hobart as a junior and talking about the social power literally the first building that really stood out to me was this place because of that top porch and kind of like that in, in a sense like the power of kind of like literally being like having this like ground above all of the other like buildings that can hold social events on this campus and like i know like this is my third year in this frat now, and, like, we've had, like, great experiences up there, we've also made some really poor decisions up there, um, it's just because really, like, voices project, and that's something that I think at times people are not conscious of, yeah, um, (laughs) exactly, um, but I think that's definitely the biggest thing that really stuck out to me, because I always thought, like, coming to school that, like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be in fraternities at all, but I think that, like, this place, there was something, like, ominous isn't the right word, but something, like, powerful about having that, upstairs area um because it, it, it really is like such a big space like before you come in here and like now that we've been here for years it kind of does feel small to me now like i've lived here for, yeah i lived in the house for two full uh years which gets exhausting after a while living and kind of gross at times well you
2: kind of get to look down yeah you know yeah. and kind of which is i don't know can you guys talk about i mean you guys the president and vice president you both do not live in the house currently why why is that very loud a lot
8: like there's always somebody awake. Yeah all time, during, like even at night, and it gets very loud a lot of times. Yeah, I
1: thought, I mean, I lived here for two entire years. I just thought after a while, it's just kind of taxing. Like, one, I'm just, like, I'm a light sleeper to start with, and literally, like, there were 16 guys that live in here, yeah. all with very different schedules, and something I think we are grateful for is that, like, there are a lot of very different personalities in this place. Um, we have some kids that like to play music a lot in this house, so at times it can be kind of annoying um but i mean just i think after a while like living in this house like with all of your friends forever um it is kind of nice and i'm very grateful now to have like in a place that i can kind of like escape to it, it's something that i think i, I say to all the guys living uh that are like in Cap, like you should live in this house at some point just because like it is a very unique experience i'd say yeah. um for the good and the bad like even like the waking up on Sunday mornings after having a party in this room and literally having six inches of like water as a puddle here in the bathrooms being the short. It's, it's definitely an experience all around. On
8: Saturday morning, I walked downstairs and <laughs> we actually one to our parties and there's this a little, this little middle room right here that one of the toilets upstairs was clogged from people, because whenever there were so many people here, there was going downstairs and upstairs, and it overflowed and there was water dripping from the very top of the floor all the way down into our kitchen through the entire house. And started. is that your
4: responsibility to clean, or do you have V and g do something like that? We did.
8: Um, one, of the, one of the downside parts mm-hmm. of it is that being a fraternity house, um, there are a lot of things that don't necessarily get fixed quickly. Yeah. Um, and then I'll have to either go to, like whether it's ask alums, or go have meetings to really address certain things, or do walkthroughs of the house to show that, look, this is a real problem. Um, so that drawing the attention is very hard, because a lot of times They'll destroy things. That's happened in the past. Like, um, there'll be the times where they come in and there will just be like a bunch of holes in the walls. That <laughs> they expect it to be fixed. So they have the same this perspective that like that's what all the fraternities do. And we've done we did that before in the past. Like before, like I think well before we were here. I yeah. know that. So they kind of have like a perspective of like what's going to happen. So they don't necessarily want to go out of the way to fix it and think that it's just going to be broken again. Do
2: you want to kind of talk about what it's like to have your space be? Super public at times, and then private at others. Um,
8: yeah, so it's kind of a it's like a broad question. It's kind of funny because not really. You don't do that much during like a normal school week or anything. There's really not too much going on. The only like the only time we'll have like rush weeks there's a, a week where we have like, like activities for people to come in and do that thing. Other than that, it's very similar to a normal club.
1: Yeah, no, so I, I think during the week a lot of times I'd say like Sunday through Wednesday, Thursday night guys and, yeah, like we'll tend to sometimes go downtown mm-hmm. do whatever. Say, like, Sunday through Wednesday, guys tend to be kind of, like, decompressing from the weekend, one, because, I mean, if there's a social event held here on a Saturday night, you're waking up Sunday, place is probably disgusting. So, place probably isn't going to get cleaned until kind of people get proactive, including having, like, the cleaning service come in on Monday morning. So, then it becomes more of, like, I wouldn't call this homey, but more of, like, a livable situation down here, like, with the common spaces, um... But yeah, I think that I don't. I don't know. I think I think that I've had to remind myself sometimes, especially when I came here freshman year, that I was like, oh wow, people like live here, <laughs> yeah. which I I was like, that's cool, but also like, what like <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to live here. Um, yeah. But I I don't know. It's
8: well, that, yeah, kind it's, it's, to add on to that, like at the end, like whenever we have parties here and the bathroom, like the, that one used right on the first floor, people like on a normal weekday, people shower there, people use that, people like use like. It's a normal bathroom. <laughs> and um, same thing, like a lot of people don't want to live on the first floor here because whenever there are parties it's I mean it's their door people are you know, the hallway is packed and we're right outside your door. So it's we are thinking it that way, but at first when I first joined, it's like you think of it from that kind of that party perspective, that there's always people here, there's always stuff going on, but once you live here and kind of experience it, there's only very select times where it actually
3: is ever like that. But, how do you, do you like all come together and you're like, we want to have a party like Friday and it's going to be like, and send like whoever you want to put on the list, like what's like the collaboration between the actual like members? So, so usually everybody wants to have a party every
8: weekend <laughs> yeah. and we just don't have enough money for it yeah. and we can't charge people for our events. So then we have, we can only have typically, you have either four or five parties a semester yeah. so you kind of have the budget for that. So you have to do them strategically, like we thought about having one last weekend, but since this weekend was Halloween, it'd be dumb to have two back-to-back and spend you know, that much money for half the parties that you can have in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's all about playing wise. wisely. So everyone gets mad at me for saying, no, you can't have a party. And then I basically just like, OK, look, a surprise, we're having a party this weekend. And everyone gets excited, and then, um, <laughs> we, and then we just have everybody just more or less just invite their friends. Yeah. And then for the list, I'll just pull, normally pull names together semester of our friends of our like, a constant pe- of people that we like that we like to have. Right. And then I'll just update them so it's give it to kids.
2: So w- what about your fraternity? Like how is your fraternity described? Mm-hmm. Like the fun guy like, like guys. not yeah, not guys. like how is yeah. this, you know, how is So I think a lot of confused is like typical like
8: fraternity guys, like typical frat guys. Um, okay. So it's really, really hard. We did this exercise actually with all the presidents and the deans <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago. And Listening to everybody else's perspective on us is very funny. On each other, um, like yes. Yeah, what, so, yeah, so what do they have saying, to say? So just from student to student thing, So um, broadly, and um, Delta and I, Delta and Asuka, a very similar kind of perspective, oh. being like they're, they're just like party people. That that's pretty much all they do. Or typical fraternity guys. Um, everyone commented on how the Delta kid, kids like wear their hats and things. Okay. Like it's really you <laughs> <how, it's, laughs> tell, and it was it's like, and it's just it, 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 interesting. Um, and they, like, I think they say, Chi were a bunch of very student involved people. Um, spent a lot of time in the library, high of <laughs> people. Yeah, uh, they, they're just a bunch of like mixed group of people. Yeah. Um, so listening to the different perspectives was hard. Um, because what from being on the inside of so it, you know, he'll necessarily like, have that same perspective, yeah. but you see where it comes from. It's yeah. hilarious once yeah. it's pointed it out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> point out. um,
4: it's funny. I don't know if I would compare you guys to you. Delta, I know. <laughs> yeah, what time <laughs> you uh,
1: no, it? I, yeah, I think. I think if it's just like looking at the house all together, I would probably associate us the most with them.
8: And I think I, a lot of it could be that. They, the houses look the same. Yeah.
1: The they houses look do different. look the same. Like we share the driveway. Is that the, delta? Yeah. Right Sorry. <laughs> I've totally
2: <laughs> walked delta. up to the wrong place.
4: Okay. <laughs> 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 they look identical.
1: Yeah, I think probably just like the group of guys in the two houses are the most similar compared to all the different houses. I don't exactly have the word for KA.
6: No. <laughs>
1: They're like great guys, and there's interesting. They're just kind of even like how they look, kind of can, like there's like that like the thing about the Delta hats, which is yeah. like kind of like that's a thing. Like yeah, that's a thing. Um, I feel like we can't really pinpoint anything in this house. At least I can't that I've seen. But like those guys have always been like um, jeans and flip flops. Jeans and flip flops, exactly. <laughs> so the jeans and flip flops guys. Yeah.
4: Somebody was saying I can't remember. I think it was. Who Zane, was it Zane uniform. and Colin? They were yeah, yeah. They said the the pledge yeah. uniform or something. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's so funny. As soon as students start rushing, or guys start rushing, they like start wearing like different clothes on campus, so you can kind of like tell <laughs> yeah. who's who yeah. because or like oh that kid's definitely. There's some yeah. they they get are that like, so you can see. Yeah, they like hats are different. They wear more yeah. Patagonia. Uh, they what they call them frat cleats. Yeah, frat cleats. Fairies. Or frat,
1: please. I've actually never heard that. Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I did always remind. kind of interesting. They throw shade a- oh. over there. And I think, <laughs> I think, kind
4: of, why explain themselves to, or describe themselves as weird. Yeah. I <laughs> they <were> said <laughs> like, so that they thought they were perceived as is weird. Yeah. But everyone yeah. has the kind of yeah perspective on
8: it, which is really interesting.
4: It also um, depends on who you know. Yeah. In the can fraternity, can right? Like you could have a really good friend in the fraternity that's like kind of weird, and you, so you would just like associate. That no, and everybody. Character.
8: Everybody like separately is a, yeah not necessarily a different person but you um whenever everyone come together I guess you definitely make the house like that's like like our Kappa Sigma is our, our like the guys in the house and mm-hmm. just a group of people in the house don't necessarily make up there maybe be a part of it but they don't necessarily make up the entire house if that makes any pr- like if yeah. that makes any mm-hmm. sense like the guys off campus you know, the senior guys have are like one like part of it and maybe we're the jeans and flip flops guys, but everyone else in the house are the the. Uh, but yeah, if that makes any sense, yeah, then really when, when everyone's all together, that's whenever you're like actually in the house. Yeah.
2: Um,
4: what about, like, there's a stigma. A lot of people brought up the movie Animal House. That's like the quintessential like stigma about being in a fraternity. How do you guys like when you introduce yourself or when you tell somebody that you're in a fraternity? Not necessarily even on campus. It could be off campus. It could be a professor. Like, is there a certain reaction you get, or do you change what you say around different people, almost like a code-switching kind of thing? Like, would you necessarily say it to one person and not say it to another? I don't know.
1: Um, I mean, honestly, like, a lot of the times when I'm talking about my school life, like, here, like, on campus, especially, like, with professors, it's just not something I bring up. On this campus, I tend to leave, like, fraternity outside of, like, my identity, like, just just when, like, conversing in a classroom. Um, I... I just think that it's something that can kind of be avoided. I think at times, like, they're, like, just, I, I've had a couple, like, kind of un- uncomfortable like, confrontations with, like, professors even, like, asking my opinions on things. And I've even had professors, like, make associations about, like, my political orientations after mentioning I'm the vice vice president of fraternity. So I'm kind of like, you know, like, people, some people tend to make, like, very serious assumptions past that.
4: Do you think being in a fraternity has benefited your social life like well i guess we should start with like why did you join yeah. and was it for this like brotherhood or was it for um i think like cam touched on like he was kind of like lonely didn't was shy like didn't have much going on and he saw this as like this is a really great group of guys and i want to be involved in this i don't know Why, why were reasons? Or like, and was it something that you went into college knowing you wanted to do or thought about in high school or maybe your dad was involved and you're like a legacy or something? Um, I don't
8: know.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, so I got to college. I, I was very much on the fence and it was also one of those things that I knew going in, like I'm not going to an Alabama. Like there is a social life outside of this kind of sphere. Um, But I really, I think what did it for me was my freshman spring, um, like socially, I had like a great group of friends and Cheryl, and like I, I'd actually say it's a shame now that we there are some guys in Delta and we're I have some friends here, and then just other guys on the football team. But like you do become disconnected because it really like there they are these little worlds kind of um, once you're in them, uh, and you can be definitely engulfed by them. But I think that for me it was that I met some of the juniors and seniors here, and. I think that, like, uh, not that you're, I guess, yeah, you know, you're intimidated by the senior guys, junior guys, when you're coming around, like, as a freshman, like, you don't know what's going on, some of the guys want nothing to do with you, and they really, like, embraced my friend group, so my closest group of friends, the four of us, all decided to pledge here together, Um, and I think it was something, looking back, like, we, we were all so excited in the moment, and, like, I still say it's a great thing, however, now as seniors, when we're kind of Looking back in retrospect, and getting, starting to get a little sad about leaving this place, it's kind of like oh, it kind of was a shame that like that great group of eight guys kind of was split up by these different groups, which is definitely something natural. Um, but like my parents were never in fraternities; it that was never something they pushed for me. Um, actually, the only thing that my parents said to me when I told them I was pledging, I just the only and the only recognition my mom had was that she remembered the top porch from my junior year of high school when we visited. And that was the, they were like, oh, well, I guess that's cool. That's, that's a pretty yeah. cool porch you can maybe sit on. <laughs> that's, but, that's about it, though.
8: So for me, my grandpa was in a fraternity. My dad was not. No um, was my uncle. My dad, he always like, oh, I'm not going to have to scrub the sidewalk with a toothbrush to be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and then, that's what he always said. And my brother is just, uh, he goes to Miami, Ohio. He was a freshman there this year. And I always, and he has the same kind of, my, as my dad. I never really went to college to so i wanted like join a one, one fraternity, which is something that I I met a couple of really good friends and then um, they all they all started coming here. And I was like, oh, all right, then might as well do it. I didn't have that much fun. I'll be a freshman year in the fall. It's very hard being a freshman guy because um, you don't you don't get into the parties. You're not you don't know anybody. It's very hard to get involved. Um, so that was that's kind of difficult to. From that perspective. So you kind of inevitably get pushed into a, a direction that you need to join something.
2: There's always this question of why freshman boys don't get into parties while freshman girls do. So we asked Kappa Sig about this and this is what they had to say.
4: Why don't freshman boys get into parties? And why do freshman girls? Is that because they're harder, it's harder to tell who's older?
8: So honestly, I don't know that the answer to <laughs> question. And freshman <laughs> guys are a very big um, liability when they come in to be Come and be very around. like rambunctious and yeah, things. Yeah. And if they get, in, a lot of times, a lot of guys will they'll come in with, and get drunk way too much. Like when so like whenever they yes, like when they go people. home, uh, mm. go back to their freshman dorms or Cheryl or yeah. a few, yeah. whatever. And then when they get written up for doing something stupid, oh, you I was at capital. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that's gonna be getting trouble. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't uh, that so be, be
2: the same for? for girls, they have a lower alcohol tolerance, you're still serving them, Yeah, they're underage
4: at times.
1: <laughs> My thing is, like, yeah. it might be harder to tell. I think it is one harder to t- it is harder to tell, however, I think there are times where you, you definitely know if it, you can tell, I think, that, like, like the really drunk girls are most likely either a freshman or sophomore when they walk in here, um, at least that's been our experience, that, like, we've had some, like, bad cases where, like, people come in that were just way, way too drunk. And even to the point where, like, they just should never have been let in the party in the first place, because, like, things can really, really like, yeah, yeah. just, I mean, we had, like, a boy, like, sophomore year, like, there was just, especially once it gets really cold out, you're like, well, now I don't want you stumbling out of yeah. the house, yeah. either. Yeah, um, yeah. Passing
4: out outside. Yeah, so
1: it kind of becomes one of those things where it's, like, you need, like, a, like a drunk tank, like, somewhere to put people in, like, <laughs> before, like, we can, like, we could can, we can't just yeah, yeah, yeah. be walking people back and forth, but I think <laughs> also just... Room. Yeah. <laughs> I think this the freshman girl thing though partially they get in because the freshman girls tend to know some sophomore guys mm-hmm. and uh. unless the freshman guys know guys through like club hockey is one that we have a lot of freshman guys that get in because of club hockey but other than that really the freshman guys I feel like probably don't meet as many as the upperclassmen as like they're not upperclassmen like the sophomore guys in this house as like the freshman girls there's,
8: there's a big gap between being a freshman guy and being someone who's not a freshman guy, so uh, <laughs> yeah. you uh, know a so. lot more people. That's whenever you're older than that, because you, you know, that's frankly you, you're in your, you've had one class them, all hundred-level classes. Yeah. You probably don't, you haven't met any of like mm-hmm. us or anything like that. But somehow, and I've talked to Meredith about this so some yeah, many yeah. Somehow, girls know and meet people like yeah. that are older than them. Yeah. They get invited to things, so yeah. that uh, that it's a lot easier for them to get in and be like, oh, I know this guy in the house. Oh, okay, that's. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I know that, he told me that you guys were coming, okay. So I don't know a lot of times with these guys. Yeah. So at least there's someone in the house that's liable for these people if something were to happen. Mm-hmm. And that guys actually help her. Yeah, and that can help If there's just a random guy here that's just, you know, wakes up in the morning on the couch, just passed out, like I don't, it's very, it's a lot harder because with the girls it's if, if someone in the house knows who they are and knows, knows them. Um, somehow it's a lot easier because they can help kind of make sure that they get back better. I never really thought about that question.
4: And it also, it's like has something to do with it. No, no, yeah. talk, yeah, they talk they're they're, that's probably
2: why. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, there's like also a stigma of like a drunk girl being in a fraternity, right? Like, yeah. You like, oh, I, I feel like that is like worst case scenario where oh, yeah. it's like drunk guy on the couch. Like, Absolutely. You know, I feel oh, yeah. like to you guys you'd be like signal, signal, signal. Like we don't, this drunk girl like what do we do yeah. so you know there is like that double standard of we'll, we'll let a drunk girl in or a, you know she can get intoxicated but a drunk guy you know because you know everybody has like gone through the freshman year experience of like you walk up to the porch the girls, you the you girls know, no, not always like, the girls they shuffle in and then they'll yeah. stop you right yeah, you probably exactly. you guys have both been there Absolutely, like they stop yeah, you yeah. right and they're like who do you know yeah. or like but they don't ask the girls. So your guys comment going back to everybody is a, you know, knows somebody. Also, oh, isn't always true. I've been oh. all Yeah, isn't,
1: isn't always true. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Yeah. But, I, but that could even go yeah. as far as one one girl in this group of six that's being yeah. allowed in. Yeah. You know two juniors okay, and yeah. it's like, oh, okay. There's at, there's at
3: least that one. Yeah, there's that one.
1: And good. it is just one of those things that like, it tends to be that like the guys, it's like, okay. Yeah. One of the five, of you can't say you're friends with this one guy from club hockey yeah. um and I mean that, that's also like it, it depends who's working the door that night honestly <laughs> like um, oh, because I think people forget sometimes that like the person working the door is a 20 year old that's like sober sitting there probably really pissed off to be sober like sitting yeah, there like alright yeah right. just like yeah crazy. people are sober that's so well, yeah. yeah I think that even at times like I, and
4: they probably don't know everybody yeah
1: I mean even at times like when I was pledging like um some guys in my pledge class one night that a bunch of guys showed up that weren't pledging were our age, and my friend's like, "Screw that! Like, I'm, I'm I'm working the door tonight, and like I'm not like, yeah, what do you not gonna saying? let you guys in right now? If like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was very bad, but I, I was yeah, I was, okay. <laughs> I was, I was like, yeah, come. sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. So I, I only did that once, and then, then I was asked not to do that anymore. We don't have to talk yeah. about it or include it on the podcast, but I think I'm kind of curious because it's like something that's been brought up in every interview so far is the whole, and because it was like, this is for a class, right? Yeah, The um, spray painting. I guess talk about,
2: I mean, you guys were part of, you guys signed on yeah. mm-hmm. to, to the letter that was written. Um, talk about your response, what? So, a lot of times whenever things like that happen. Um, is it common, sorry? Uh, not
8: necessarily common, but there have been things in the past where, do you, do things like, I then like the letter said, when I, I, was, I read the letter, um, and kind of went over it. And I, I agree with everything that it said because we went through, we did all the reports and everything. So a lot of times, the guys in the house don't understand on a, a, like a broader scale um, and where things fit in. Um, if it was like, it, well, I, I can't say that, but if it was, um, it it's really was not that big of a deal if you think about it. It's something that, from a, from a fraternity perspective, we are so open to having these conversations that we have. Um, so it really pushes us to, to have these conversations. So this is all we talk about in IFC meetings when we have our president's class, how to kind of productively have these conversations with faculty and with students and with alumni and our nationals, how to like have these discussions so we can actually get to the bottom of them. So I think the way for, for us what happened is whenever something went around with like with this, not not much good came out of that because we are so open to have the discussions. And, the thing that we talked about whenever this happened, if someone came, we texted one of us, yeah. asked us to do something, um, we're more than happy to help with anything. Um, we could, we'll help, we'll put it on our house Instagram pages. We'll help spread paint outside. Right. So we're here to help, um, but we have to be used that way. So a lot of times, it's, I think it's okay that fraternities are used as scapegoats for certain problems and things, um, which I think is wrongly attributing problems to, problems that really need to have discussions about. So I think by kind of wrongly attributing them and having people just go about doing things in necessarily the wrong way, we can't use all our, our national resources, all the resources we have with alumni. With we can't use all these things whenever someone if someone just comes on the front porch and spray paints a bench. Yeah. When we can actually go about and you know do things through IFC, we can come together as a Greek organization, all the organizations collectively. Um, we can set up meetings and instead of being kind of like an enemy, we can be we can help because we're all trying to get to the same goal. Yeah.
2: Do you think there's sometimes a response of you know sexual assault is obviously a big deal on almost every every college campus? Do you think that you know you're saying that like you know we are willing to help? Do you think that sometimes the conversations and like the activities that could be happen like aren't really there's an initiate initi- enough initiative to make those things happen and that you know if we leave it in a sense to have it be done on you know fraternities terms and using their resources? Do you think that you know you can speak for just your fraternity? Do you guys think that you guys make an active effort to kind of destigmatize? I think we do, and I think
8: but I think a lot of the stuff that we do. Um, we've had One Love come in a bunch of times, at least once a semester, come in and give presentations on things. And we have um, there's Emerging Leaders programs that the places have to go to, and that we have to go to about all the sexual um, assault, all these different things, all these real problems that we have to have. So we have these conversations, but it's hard for people not to. In- See all these conversations that we're having. Mm-hmm. So it puts out like all the grief life in a, a difficult problem to be able to, like, if, if if we were to go and post something and advertise, like, oh, we're having one love come in and do this, it, it's, people are going to look at that and be like, this is really weird. Why are you advertising this? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really look good. It makes you guys look like if you're trying. It's too hard to do that. Mm-hmm. But if you don't do anything, then certain things happen where that looks like, looks like we're not doing anything, but in mm-hmm. reality, we're putting in many hours towards trying to all yeah. you know, solve yeah. a problem. So it's, happy medium of kind of marketing and marketing for lack of a better. words, what we're doing yeah. um, to the to like the campus community that looks like we're trying to like do things just because uh, right. it makes us look good. Yeah, it because um, like it's like, not. And it looks like that. If you would come out and be like, "Look, this is what we're doing now," yeah. people are like, "Why are you talking about?" This? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, yes. So it's very hard for us to, to kind
2: of find the right um, the right medium. And we've talked
8: about that in our class. Tide,
2: I know. Ty, You guys have to do like a Title Nine training. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've heard from other interviews that only 60% of your house has to show up to those.
8: So yeah, we have, um, really there's only 60% house requirement. Yes, so do,
2: do you as the president try to make it a 100% requirement? Well, so that's, that's,
8: that's why in the email and the fine print yeah. of the invitations that the team sends out that you have to go to, um, it says 60%, but no one really reads them. Okay. So in our group messages and things, I just tell everyone that it's mandatory yeah. so <laughs> yeah. We have, we always have everybody go, and if someone can't go, um, they'll they send me an email for, you know, study yeah. And, yeah. They and then I'll have them maybe go and talk to Kim later or something about it. Um, so we, we've I all done school those school. meetings before. Yeah. So that, I don't know if that's a school policy, being able to make a whole organization do something necessarily, yeah, but um, yeah. I, I just tell everybody it's mandatory
2: to go so yeah. that... So you try, you try to show. make sure that your organization is...
4: Yeah. At 100% attendance, if possible. Yeah.
2: Um,
4: okay. Describe your ideal or perfect pledge. I think you call it pledge or new member. But we call it pledge. Pledges. Okay. Um, a lot of places. Yeah, some it's like different. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and with the sorority, we we're like, do you call it a pledge? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I think they're new member. Yeah, theirs was new member. Theirs and Kappa are a new member. Yeah. Um, what is your ideal or perfect? So that's that's new actually member. a
8: tough one. I, I I think something someone that obviously like yes. cares about the house. Um, in in kind of a weird way, there's like a certain level of caring about it that's, you know, that's viewed as appropriate. If you, like, if you like care too much about it, it's kind of weird, that's funny. you know? Um, but I think it's about finding a happy medium and someone who just gets along with the guys in the house. Um, and that's, again, we you try doing it, it's very hard finding. You, know, you only have, like, a week of rush week to be able to, to um, kind of create your pledge class that's going to carry on the house for another semester. But my, I think my ideal pledge like, is someone that cares about the house, that gets along with the brothers, um, and that if someone who kind of the like, thing that I look at it is that if someone who, gra- who graduated whenever I was a pledge, like one of those guys would come back, they would be like, I like this game, having that uh, kind of had, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because if they if they like it, then that means that as a house, uh, although like people are graduating, new people are coming, you're still keeping the same kind of people. If that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that the guys that we have are very good guys with really you know solid like they, they do well academically, they're well, they do well socially, they participate in clubs, so. Those yeah. are the kind of people that I want to have, so I don't want to say I want to change the character of like this, the stereotypical cap-a-sig person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I always use that mindset. Of one of the guys that whenever I read, whenever I in sophomore year, when those seniors came back, and they would be like, I, I like this kid, he's a good, a good person to have. Yeah. That's a good marker. I like
2: Do you think that provides more opportunity or less opportunity for diversity?
8: I think it can promote, assemble the same kind of um, thing, which a lot of people in our house are having Massachusetts, or from Boston, it's a big, a lot of Boston <laughs> people, and I'm so being from Pittsburgh, so I'm not really used to that. So that's um, kind of hard, but I think it does. It's a, that's something that, it does promote some kind of consistency that um, otherwise wouldn't necessarily change. But I also think that people, um, part of the house, part of what makes us kind of special, which I've always liked, is that we've, we have people that have grown up um, very, very wealthy, from very, very great backgrounds that people the other people in our house would be so fortunate to have, but watching them talk together, you would have no idea who said, and I think that that's a very important thing that we we have. So there is a lot lot of diversity that we have within our house.
2: What do you do when somebody is associated with your house and an incident occurs that is fairly serious, you know, that Mm -hmm. can reflect poorly on the house? How do you go about it? Because I'm sure every fraternity has had a member that is Done something that was unkind or yeah. borderline illegal at times, <laughs> and you know you kind of have to make that decision of are, are they still a member? Do you guys take a vote and maybe say I don't think you're a good representation anymore of so, what we stand yeah. for?
8: So at the end of the day, I am the one that has the final say on those oh. things. It's not it comes across as being a democracy, but it really isn't. I like have everyone. To, it's really up to I to do. I could shut the place down tomorrow if I wanted to. It's <laughs> crazy. It really is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so, but, but, but like regarding something like that, it's it's very it's a tough thing, and I've heard people always uh, regarding incidents of sexual assault and rape like that, it's very hard to be able to come from the guys and representing a guy's organization, it's very hard. To, a lot of times things are looked, viewed at from the, the woman's perspective, and a lot of times they've as guilty until proven innocent. Mm-hmm. And that'll be portrayed a lot of times to us and how we treat those people in the house. So if something were to happen like that, I would probably grab someone and talk ask them point-blank what happened mm-hmm. and whether they tell me the truth or not I'll find out later and I'll tell them that. You, you tell me the truth now and I can help you, you can help get to the bottom of this and you know that will. I'll defend you or if you did something wrong let me know because that's, that's like you're not welcome here anymore mm-hmm. that's, and I'll wait for the whole process for Title IX or whatever to play yeah. out because th- I, I think it would be completely wrong of me to do to be able to tell someone they can't participate in anything I guess, and I guess from like a moral perspective of that, if, if something were to, if something like that happened for me, and there was something, and I was just being wrongly accused or falsely accused of something that happened to me, mm-hmm. um, and nothing was ever proven, but I was asked to be brother from the house, um, that would be a significant. That would be a real problem for me, being like understanding that you know I like a lot of these guys in the house and all these things. It would be very hard for. So for me, it's a big thing to understand and make sure that until someone did something that's actually wrong, or unless I've heard something that's completely concrete from um, other people that it's affected, that something's happened, mm-hmm. then uh, only then I'll probably, i yeah. yeah. obviously not be a part of the house anymore. If there's something where it happened, that's, uh, I mean, that side, happen that's not what the house stands for, that's not right. what yeah. you know, our It's also like your before.
4: friend and you your know, brother. Actually, it's it's hard. hard. And so it's a really uncomfortable position for you to have to be in to be like, I, I don't want to believe that they would do something like this.
8: No, that's true, but, and it's hard because I mean, at, fir- at first you don't believe it, but you have to get to the bottom. Right. You have to put right. your kind of personal relationship aside because at the end of the day, my job is my, my job is only to make sure that when I'm done, like, this place is still here. In five years, when I come back, the place is still here. That's all I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And then maybe if I'm lucky, I could try making it a little better. Like that's yeah. really all I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So if someone is here that is going to hinder this house being here in five years, um, then they're. My job, and I can't. It's, it's too risk putting the house at risk for some for someone that even though they're my friend, it's it's not worth it. It's not that's not it, was, it's not fair for me to do for everybody else in the house, yeah. Um, yeah, even though I might get along with them really well and all these yeah, things. It's yeah. just something that, yeah, at the end of the day, I just you have to put that aside. Um, it's, yeah. it's very hard to do, um, yeah.
2: yeah. A little bit of like a liability, but it's, it's
8: liability, but at the yeah. end of the day, if that person. I'm not, I don't think I'm friends with anyone like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if someone who, who I consider a friend did something that would be you know, illegal, yeah. that they would be in trouble with the title or with the school, um, I guess in my eyes, they're not my, they wouldn't be my Big friend here. anymore. So that wouldn't be a difficult decision.
2: We thank you, all of us. Thank you for listening in on this episode of the podcast. And we'll be sure to get the next episodes to come out very soon. Thank you for your patience. Again, this is who do you know here? And we hope you tune in to our next episode.